What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by the Lockdown Ultimate Season Preview. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from to tune in beginning August 30th. Before we get started, we are two writers who started covering the Chargers over five years ago, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show today. Glad to be here. Special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate it. And if you don't already, make sure to not miss a show by going to wherever you get your podcast from and following or subscribing there. We would really appreciate that. On today's show, we have some real news because the Chargers cut players from their roster and had a couple other roster moves to get down to 80, which they had to get down to at the Tuesday deadline before their final deadline next week when they have to get down to 53. There was one big surprising move, though, because Austin Prowell, an early camp darling, got released before the final cut, so we'll talk about that, and also Nazir Adderley coming back from the COVID-19 list, as well as this just being the final week for everyone who made this cut to keep going and try to make it before next Tuesday when they have to get down to that final 53. But also on today's show, we have some voicemails, and you guys really brought it with the voicemails and gave us a lot of good content because we're going to be getting into who is going to have the most touchdowns this year for the Chargers, who is going to have the most interceptions. We'll also talk about potential Mike Williams trade and if we could see that happening with Josh Palmer coming through lately and also talk about Jerry Tillery, not only if the Chargers could potentially move on from him sooner rather than later or pick up his fifth year option next season. That is going to be a big decision. But David, let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers had to get down to 80 players on Tuesday because of the rules in the NFL and one of the names on the list, David, was a big surprise because Austin Prowell, the wide receiver slash return specialist, had really been shining so far in training camp, but that wasn't the only cut. They ended up waving long snapper Ryan Langan, tight end Matt Siebert, offensive lineman Kyle Spaulding, as well as wave injuring linebacker Damon Lloyd and defensive lineman Chris Okoye. The other move that they made to make it exactly 80 players was bringing Nazir Adderley back from the reserve COVID-19 list, which is also good news. But, David, obviously the big name here is Austin Pro, And just when you look at this right off the bat, you're like, this guy was so impressive, right? Maybe potentially even pushing for a roster spot. Then all of a sudden he doesn't play last week, and now he's off the team, which is surprising because, you know, they cut Michael Bandy last week, and now he's on the team, right? And Austin Pro is not. They still have John Hurst and other guys that would seem like they've made less of an impact. But Daniel Popper did confirm on Twitter that Austin Pro was indeed dealing with some sort of injury, which makes it make more sense, David. But also, he doesn't show up as one of the guys who were waived slash injured. So that's kind of the confusing thing. But you'd have to think just off of merit, he would have at least made it to the final cuts. This was definitely a name I was not expecting to see, and so when I saw it, I was like, hmm, there's got to be more to the story, and this was definitely a guy people were up in arms about. They had their pitchforks out, they were angry, they were mad, 
And I mean, I think after it came out that Austin Pro was apparently dealing with an injury, obviously that makes more sense. But it also begs the question, why did he not have the injury designation? It, it just feels like we don't have all the information here. But this was a guy I thought was, you know, making waves on special teams. I thought he was doing well on offense. He looked like he was catching passes and he looked like he was getting comfortable with the quarterbacks. But I mean, in the NFL, it's a cold business. And, uh, you know, if you have an injury, unfortunately, one of the best abilities is availability. And if you can't play, then you can't help the team. So, uh, of course, hopefully Austin Prohl gets healthy very quickly and finds himself with another opportunity here soon. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing to remember with these cuts. Don't celebrate guys getting cut as much as you might, you know, dislike a player. And I'm sure if someone like Trey Pipkins gets cut, there's going to be some celebrating going around, but always just at least trying to keep in perspective that these are people's livelihoods, right? A lot of these guys might not get another chance after this. And a lot of their family is depending on them kind of making that dream happen. So I just hate when I see people celebrating things. I mean, definitely celebrate the guys who make the roster, but don't tear down the guys who end up getting cut. It's sad enough for them. I'm sure without other people kind of celebrating it, but where he really separated himself was as a return man. The Chargers had a big weakness there. K.J. Hill hasn't exactly inspired us at all last year even, but so far this year in training camp, he hasn't been the best punt returner or kick returner. Austin Pro was handling a lot of those starting duties. So for him, I mean, that's why we thought he didn't play, right? We thought he had already had that position locked down, and I guess they had seen enough, but that wasn't it at all. I mean, yeah, I didn't think that. I mean, I never thought like... I've, yep, that was me. Yeah. I'll take the point of that. Yeah, one. I mean, I just, I, I instantly thought he was injured. Like, I just thought it was weird that we never heard about it, right? He didn't get helped off the training field. We didn't hear it from any of the beat reporters that he was injured. Yeah, just strange. It is strange, and it sucks because I do think he could have brought something, and I do think it makes the wide receiver battle a little less interesting just because as far as the long shots go at that position, even with John Hurst's fingertip catch last week, I don't think it's something, you know, that's going to help him make this team. I think now Tyron Johnson feels a little safer. Maybe K.J. Hill feels a little safer. Joe Reed, that's going to be the wild card there, right, when he can return potentially or if he can make an impact in this last week before the Chargers end up getting down to 53 next week. So much interesting stuff there. But Austin Prohl definitely was a guy that, you know, we talk every year, who's going to be the camp darling? Who's going to show up out of nowhere? He was that guy this year for a lot of training camp. And you miss one game, you get injured, and then it's over, right? Like, it's just, that's it. That's where the, like that. the Cinderella story ends, and, you know, and everything kind of goes back to reality. But now the Chargers have one more week before they have to get down to that final 53. And for so many of these guys, David, this is such an important week. You have the last preseason game coming up this weekend, and you know that this, for a lot of these guys, is their last chance if the decision's not already made up, right? I mean, we're going into week three of the preseason. You know, a great percentage of that is decided already for the most part. Like, they know who they're going to go with. But there are a couple of spots for wiggle room. So, like, can Bong get back on the field, right? Can some of these injured guys get back? Because for a lot of these guys, this is going to be the biggest week of their life. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, this last preseason game, I almost said fourth. There's only one preseason game left. There's only three this year. And yes, this is their last opportunity to make that last lasting impression on this coaching staff to show them why they deserve to make the roster or they deserve to be one of those 16 guys that they can carry on the practice squad this year with that expanded practice squad that they carried over from last year. So there's only a few spots left. And yes, I think 
the coaches probably already know 98% of this roster and they're just looking for that last 2% to show themselves and really rise to the top. That's a good problem to have. There's a lot of good talent on this team and there's a lot of players that have shown themselves very, very well in this offseason and if they don't make this Chargers team or the practice squad, they put some good tape out there for other teams around the league. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of guys we'll be pulling for, right, to pick up another job if they end up not getting one here or just make it to the Chargers practice squad selfishly, right? I mean, that's something that you hope a lot of those good players do. And another thing with, like, Austin Pearl, maybe he gets back on the practice squad, but you would think they might even just keep him around for now just to stash him on the practice squad later and send him in with a bunch of other guys where he might be able to slip through the cracks or something like that just because he did have pretty dynamic return ability from what we saw. They end up not doing that, and that's the only guy that was on this list that there was a point where we were thinking, hey, this guy is really, really pushing for a roster spot in a really deep position. Now he is not, and the rest of those guys get a little bit of a boost from here on out. But speaking of roster cuts, make sure to check back in with us tomorrow because we're going to get into our 53-man roster prediction 1.0 before we give the final one next week. So we'll talk about now with these updated cuts, who we think is going to make the final 53-man roster heading into the final week of the preseason. But we do have two more segments to get into. Coming up next, we're going to talk about which Chargers we think are going to score the most touchdowns and have the most interceptions in 2021. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo if you guys make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. But from football, basketball, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. And right now, since you guys listen to this show, if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code locked on all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into some voicemails. And we try to do voicemails, you know, at least once a week to let you guys kind of get your thoughts on the show. And I think we have four really good voicemails to get into here. And if you guys want to be the next ones getting your voice on the show, make sure to call into 323 524 7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And you guys make us think of some things that we definitely wouldn't think of on our own. So let's start with Mario from East County. I'm guessing East County, San Diego, which is actually where I'm at right now. But let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey, this is Mario from East County. I had a question. Uh, with Brian Belaga's, like injury history since he's been on the Chargers, do you think he'd feel comfortable with Matt Filer moving to right tackle and Britton Hymas moving over to left guard? All right. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, well, let me first just say, Mario, don't worry. The other voicemail that you sent in will never see the light of day. This one came out much better. I had to say, I had to at least put it in there. But this is a great question and something that we talked about because right now, David, the options behind the starting five offensive linemen 
are very uncertain, right? I mean, you feel good about what you've seen so far out of Brendan Hymas, but he's still a rookie. Scott Questenberry started for the team two years ago for a stretch when Mike Pouncey was out. And as far as the rest of the guys, there's no one that you really feel great about. I think Storm Norton will end up making the team as a swing tackle, at least coming out of camp. But it's still hard to trust him if you had to get in there right now. Instead, you have this option where potentially you take Brendan Hymas, move him to left guard, and you put Matt Filer out at right tackle where you might trust him a little bit more. And then you don't have to potentially see Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton manning that position. I think that's already the contingency plan, Daniel, and I think it should be. Matt Filer has played tackle in the NFL at a pretty high level, and we've seen him excel at guard, so we know he has that position flex, as Brandon Staley likes to say. So that should be the plan. They kick him out to to play tackle in the event that Brian Balaga gets hurt. Hopefully he does not. And then you put Brandon Hymas in there at guard. I think you have to see a little bit more from Brandon Hymas to feel comfortable, but everything that he's shown you in the preseason is that he's a hard worker. He gives, He gets his job done. He doesn't really have any issues with pass protection. So I think this is a kid who has a lot of potential, and I think he's going to get a lot better. Uh, so, I mean, if I'm the Chargers, that's already my plan from the get-go. And right now he seems like a guy that you could rely on more than some of those other depth pieces, which is crazy because he's a fifth-round pick, and we've seen him in two preseason games, right? And the first one I thought was really good. Second one, I thought he was surrounded by a lot of bad offensive line play. And he didn't really stand out as having a great game, but I also didn't think he was the worst of it either. So I think he's had a pretty good preseason and training camp so far. I do think that is the best option. The other thing is, is Brennan Hymas could potentially play right tackle. We've seen him play there a little bit during training camp, right? And you could keep Matt Filer where he's already got some chemistry with Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley on the you know left side already. So you don't know how they really feel about that, trying to break that thing he up. He was a tackle in college, so he has that ability. Exactly. So, I mean, he was projected as a guard. Maybe, you know, they would try him out of tackle before moving Matt Filer from the left side to the right tackle position. But we do have more voicemails to get into. So now we're going to get into Super Fan Zach, who I do think has a fun question for us this week, or two of them. Let's see what he has for us. Hey, guys. It's Zach from Florida here. So I have a fun two-part question for you in regards to this upcoming season. My first question is, which offensive player will have the most touchdowns? Now, it doesn't have to be a receiver. It could be a running back, or it could even be Herbert, but Herbert as a runner. Because if you count throwing TDs, then he obviously wins. Now, my second question is regarding... Asante Samuel's interception of Jimmy Garoppolo today. Which defensive player do you think will have the most interceptions? Would love to know your thoughts and go Bolts. All right. So two questions to get into here, David. And I love doing these things, but I think I want to start with the touchdowns. And yeah, I mean, you're talking about rushing and receiving touchdowns combined, right? Passing touchdowns obviously don't count because... That's Justin Herbert by a landslide. But the total touchdowns gets very interesting because Keenan Allen led the team last year with eight. Tied for second place, Justin Herbert with five. Tied with Mike Williams. Hunter Henry brought up, you know, in fourth place with four total touchdowns in 2020. That's pretty sad, first of all, that Justin Herbert's second on the team in touchdowns. That should probably not be the case. But, David, I mean, we've seen Mike Williams have 10 
We've seen seasons where Keenan Allen, you know, couldn't get past six for a while, it seemed like. This is an interesting conversation. I think it is up for grabs. You could even potentially throw a running back into the mix. Who are you going with with the most total touchdowns for the most total touchdowns for the Chargers in 2021? Well, when I think about this new Chargers offense and I think about the New Orleans Saints effects on this offense, I think about Alvin Kamara. And then I think about Austin Eckler. So I think that Austin Eckler is going to have the most touchdowns because of his rare ability as a pass catcher and his ability on the ground. I think he is going to lead this team in touchdowns this season. Yeah, and I think the tricky thing is, is how many rushing touchdowns does he get? Because I think you look at it and you say if he plays a full season, and that's the other thing with making that pick, which makes it a little bit risky, is he has to play the full season, right? So I think that's also interesting. But how many rushing touchdowns does he get? You have a guy like Josh Kelly still on the roster and Larry Roundtree who could potentially vulture some of those touches, right? Who is going to get those rushing touchdowns when they get in close? That's going to, I think, decide whether Austin Eckler, right, can be the team leader in that. But if he gets, you know, 10, if he can get six receiving touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, he'll probably lead, you know, the Chargers in that for sure. Part of me wants to go with Keenan Allen. I don't think it's going to be Mike Williams, even though we've seen him lead the team in total touchdowns before. I want to go with Keenan Allen, but I also want to do something cooler than that. I'm going to say Larry Roundtree ends up leading the Chargers in total touchdowns this year. I'm going to say Larry Roundtree gets eight, no, nine total touchdowns this year. Let's say eight rushing, one receiving touchdown for Larry Roundtree. You think he's going to be a goal line vulture, don't you? I mean, I, I think that he's the one most suited to it from what we've seen so far. I mean... Josh Kelly didn't excel in that short yardage role last year. We don't even know who's going to be on the roster at this point, but he obviously fits it better than Justin Jackson or Austin Eckler would. Let's get to the interceptions because that's an interesting one too because Derwin James had three in 2018. He's obviously coming back this year. Last year, the team leader in interceptions was Michael Davis at three, three interceptions. Who do you think it's going to be in 2021? That's a really hard question. I really went back and forth a lot with this one, but I actually think this one's going to be a rookie. I think Asante oh Samuel Jr. is going to come away with the most interceptions this year. I think he's going to struggle a little bit early, and I've said that several times, but I feel like he already has those instincts. He has that tenacity and the and that just that dog that you want out of a corner, and we've already seen him be able to get his hands on the football in practice and in a preseason game. I think he's going to figure that out, and he's going to get them in bunches, and that's why he's going to lead the Chargers in interceptions this year. That's a very ballsy call. I had a feeling you were going to go with him, him or Derwin James, and I think... I wanted to go Derwin James. I really did, honestly. I think it is going to end up being Derwin James this year. Part of me wanted to say Nazir Adderley just to go super bold with it. Michael (laughs) Davis, for some reason, I just don't think it's going to be him, right? And I mean, if it's not him, maybe he's just not getting targeted a lot, right? Because he has great coverage out there. Who knows what the scenario is. But the one thing I do know is that Brandon Staley wants to put Derwin James around the football. And with his instincts being around the football, I expect a lot of big things to happen. I mean, I expect some forced fumbles. Same. I expect some interceptions from Derwin James. And, you know, why would you try to throw at Derwin James? That's the other thing. But, you know, the Chargers might have some other good corners outside of him covering the other dudes out there. So I think Brandon Staley is going to put Derwin James around the football and I think he's going to lead the Chargers with five interceptions is what my okay. tally would be right now. 
for Derwin James. Five interceptions, five sacks. Okay. I can see it, and I know that's that that's crazy to, to, to hear that, but I really can see that. Derwin James is a freak. We saw it in his rookie season. If he's healthy, and he certainly looks strong right now, there's no question that he is capable of doing that. And I mean, you can count on one hand the amount of people that have had five interceptions and five sacks in the same season. That doesn't sound like a lot when it's actually, you know, it would be an incredibly, incredibly hard thing to do and it would be a, one hell of a thing. But he already had three and a half sacks and three interceptions his rookie season. So I'm not going to put it, you know, out of his reach because I think obviously his ceiling is so high. But we do have two more segments. We do have one more segment to get into and two more voicemails to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about what the Chargers are going to do with Jerry Tillery after this season and picking up his fifth-year option, and also a potential Mike Williams trade with the success of Josh Palmer. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is great tasting, but it's also going to hit all of the check marks that you're doing for your diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only about and only four grams of net carbs. You're not going to find something better than that, but none of that means anything if it doesn't taste great. And that's what I love about Built Bars because there's so many flavors to choose from, and so many of them are delicious. Like there's a handful of them that I just can't stop and always continually order. My favorite is peanut butter brownie, but cookies and cream is really good. Coconut, mint brownie, so many great flavors to choose from, and all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You can have your cheap meal without feeling any guilt from it, and you can even save some money while doing it because right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David, well, now it's time to get into the meaty part of the show because one of the things we're going to talk about here, I accidentally went down like an hour-long rabbit hole trying to figure something out about it, but... Let's get into some more voicemails here, and let's start with this one about Mike Williams and a potential trade there. Let's hear what Brandon from Massachusetts has from us this week. Hey, guys. I love the show. It's Brandon from Massachusetts, and I got a question. I've been hearing a lot more noise about Josh Palmer, the third-round wide receiver that we got this year. I was wondering if you guys see a scenario where we, you know, trade Mike Williams before the trade deadline and have Josh Palmer take over that wide receiver number two you think it's possible so that's very interesting because it would be something you would think about just as far as hey this is a guy who you're probably not going to resign right after next season so trying to get something out of him the reason I don't think it's going to happen besides the fact that I just don't think Tom Telesco has ever made a trade of that caliber or you know wants to make a trade of that caliber is also just because I think The NFL doesn't really work like that as far as the trade deadline goes. You don't usually see big names moving. And if you do, they're usually coming from bad teams, right? And I mean, I think if this were to happen, obviously, which it's still unlikely, but the Chargers would kind of have to be sellers, so to speak, at the deadline, David. If they're in the playoff race and he's contributing in any way, it's hard to imagine that they would want to trade him before the deadline. Yeah, and not only that, but... His base salary is $15.68 million. To be hard and to move. The other team has to pick up all of that. 
I mean, of course, a prorated amount depending on how long the season is or where you're at in the season. But still, it's going to be you're going to be hard pressed to find the team that's going to have the cap space or the want to to absorb Mike Williams's contract. I just, I just I don't see that happening. It's it's a big impediment. And also, the Chargers love Mike Williams. They've said it on many different occasions. They think he's very tough. They admire him for going out there and playing hurt. So I don't think, unless Mike Williams is just absolutely terrible, there's any way that the Chargers trade Mike Williams. Well, if he's not producing at all, I mean, it probably means he's injured, you know, which would make him harder to trade. If Brandon Staley doesn't think that, you know, he's good enough to be out there and isn't the most productive guy, then maybe, you know, he makes a stink publicly about how he's not getting the snaps that he wants or something like that. And I'm just going to the farthest extreme just to think if there was any scenario in which I could see him get traded. Really, the only time we've seen the team make a deal like that, Desmond King, right, after multiple different situations off the field and disciplinary actions from the Chargers front office, that's the only time we've seen them kind of trade a disgruntled player like that. Supposedly, they let Melvin Gordon try to go search on a trade. That didn't happen. I can't see it happening, but... Yeah, in general, right, in a vacuum, you want to trade somebody and get some value before you let them walk. I think he'll just be contributing enough at that point to where they're going to want to just kind of let it ride out even if they don't get anything back, which could be the wrong decision. I just don't think that it's going to happen. But we do have one more voicemail here that I want to get into about Jerry Tillery, which is someone that hasn't been talked about a lot so far this offseason. Let's hear what Jeremy from Anaheim has for us. How's it going, guys? This is Jeremy calling in from Anaheim, California. Uh, My question today is going to be about Jerry Tillery, our former first-round pick. Um, Pretty much just want to know if you guys have any insight on him because I really haven't heard too much about him during the offseason or in training camp. Not really too much hype around him going into his third year. You know, you can hope that in this new Brandon Staley scheme that he's really going to have the chance to showcase his skills, which we're all hoping for. But uh, I guess my question would be, if he has another down year in a new scheme, can you see the Chargers cutting him after the season or maybe not looking for that extension on him? Um, But, yeah, anyway, bulk up. Have a good one. Well, first off, let me just say that we don't really have a ton of insight, right? Like, I went to a few of the training camps. David got to go to FanFest, where Jerry Tillery wasn't, you know, really doing much out there. So, we didn't have a lot to kind of take away from that. At the same time, we haven't heard anything about Jerry Tillery. And that's what's so tough, David, because, yeah, you wanted to see Jerry Tillery fits great in Brandon Staley's scheme and all of these things. We haven't really seen that, but... If you're looking at just what Brandon Staley's defense specializes in, getting one-on-one matchups for the defensive line and the guys up front is something that they do well, right? And Jerry Tillery should be good in that situation because obviously he's not trying to stop a double team and just getting driven off the ball and things like that. At least in some way, he should have a better role that should fit him better. Yet, we're still here. We haven't heard a lot about it. And although they're not going to cut him after next season because they'd owe him dead cap money, the rookie contract's already fully guaranteed. He still has a lot to prove this year, and we haven't heard so far that it's off to a great start or a noticeable start in the Brandon Staley scheme. Except for the fact that Brandon Staley is treating him like he's treating all the other starters and not playing him at all. Proven starters, I mean, yeah. 
yeah, that that's how they're treating Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones. And for my money, neither one of those guys have really flashed or shined so far in their NFL careers. So I don't get that decision. I, I don't it doesn't make sense to me. But apparently he's done enough to show Brandon Staley that they're that he's going to be good, that he's ready for the season, that he's going to have a big season. And that's what it's going to take, because we haven't seen anything from. We, well, we've seen flashes from Jerry Tillery. We've seen a couple of good games here and there, and then we've seen it spurred out. It just hasn't been consistent throughout an entire season, and that's why I feel like I needed to see more from him. But according to Brandon Staley, he's had an outstanding camp, and that's pretty much all we've heard. So I think we're going to have to unfortunately wait until the regular season until we really see what Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones look like in Brandon Staley's defense. Yeah, I mean, we don't know yet, but he has a lot to prove so far because so far... Five sacks in two seasons just isn't going to cut it from a first-round pass rush specialist defensive tackle, right? Because that's what he is. Last year, they tried to put him on the edge because I don't think they thought he could play in the interior, right? And they had some injuries and needed some edge help anyways. But still, he didn't play well in either of his first two seasons. Yes, you've seen flashes and things like that. But the biggest thing is, David, after this season, the Chargers are going to have to make a huge decision because they're going to have to decide whether or not to pick up Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option. And the reason that's so big is they're going to have to decide after only his first three seasons. And this was the rabbit hole I went down, figuring out how fifth-year options work on rookie contracts and things like that and exactly where they get the number to try to see where Jerry Tillery's number would be. And based on last year, some some defensive tackles who would have similar numbers, Vita Vea, who was drafted the year before Jerry Tillery, Ended up with a $7.64 million fifth-year option, while Deron Payne, also a defensive tackle, got a salary of $8.53 million in his fifth-year option. And basically, if you have enough playing time, you make Pro Bowls or multiple Pro Bowls, your fifth-year option will go up. So Jerry Tillery, the only way he could get a boosted fifth-year contract is if you were to make a Pro Bowl. Because as of right now, there's no way he plays enough this season to check that box with that contract, so he'll not be able to kind of boost it that way. If he does make the Pro Bowl this season on the original ballot, he can't be an alternate or anything, then he would get a little bump. And in this case, between these two guys, Deron Payne and Villavea, it was about a million dollars. But what we do know from this is that fifth-year option with no bonuses because he was picked after the 10th pick in the draft will be more than $7.64 million like Villavea's option was. So that's around $8 million, David, potentially, or over $8 million probably for the Chargers to keep Jerry Tillery in 2022, and they're going to have to decide on that after this season. And he's going to have to show out, man, if he wants to earn that money, because so far he hasn't done anything to me to where it would merit paying him $7.5 or $8 million. He hasn't earned that. So he has to come out and have a really big season. I'm, I'm talking probably in the neighborhood of seven to nine sacks, if he wants the Chargers to really entertain bringing him back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's nine sacks. I mean, that's a lot, but I think it has to be at least like six because six is a good number. We need a big improvement, man. I mean, that would be a big improvement. That would be doubling the most he's ever had in a season. So, I mean, that is a pretty big improvement in my eyes, but it's more just how he plays overall. Can they keep him on the field to get the most out of him? Because the most he's ever played is 72% of the defensive snaps. He could, you know, the Chargers could still want him and also not want to pick up that fifth year option and pay that much for him. Maybe they think 
they can get him for less. But that's probably around what it's going to cost, $8 million to keep Jerry Tillery on his fifth-year option. And then you'd have him for the next two seasons after this upcoming season, right? So much to prove for Jerry Tillery. And he definitely has the skill to do it. If Brandon Steely can't get it out of him, it definitely becomes a much darker picture because that's three years and two different coaching staff. But there's definitely still time for him. He could be right around the corner from a breakout. There's just nothing we've heard coming out of camp, which, you know, Daniel Popper and those guys are out there every day. He's not a guy that gets talked about a lot. So it's just hard to imagine right now before we actually see him get on the field. But obviously, Brandon Staley, not letting him play in the preseason, has seen something that he likes. So how much faith do we have in Staley? I mean, we know it's a lot. Is it enough to convince us of Jerry Tillery? Probably not yet. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Like I said earlier, make sure to check back in tomorrow with this, guys, because we're going to be getting into our first 53-man roster prediction. So we'll be talking about some surprise cuts, some surprise guys that make it before the Chargers trim their roster down to 53 next week. Super exciting time. It's a stressful time. The Chargers will have a preseason game in the middle of that where guys will have more of a chance to show out. But we'll be getting into what we think it looks like right now before this final preseason game. So To make sure that you don't miss it, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. And make sure to rate and review if it gives you that option. You can also find the show tomorrow on any of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD as well as the show's Twitter page at LockedOnLAC. We also have an at LockedOnChargers Instagram page and a LockedOnChargers Facebook page. but. Thank you again to everyone who ended up sending in their voicemails for this week. We really appreciate it. And if you guys want to be the next ones to get your voices on the show, make sure to call into 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But make sure you guys don't miss tomorrow's show. We're getting to our first 53-man roster prediction. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.